Hey guys, I'm Eric McLean. And I'm Kelly Gramlich. It's time to talk some ACC football. Let's go. Friday, everybody, and welcome into the Gramlick and McLean podcast presented by Ingalls, the official supermarket of Gramlick and McLean. It is time to dive into some of these bowl matchups. We are going to be doing quite a few episodes leading up to Christmas talking about these games, generally two bowl games per episode, but then post Christmas, we will give NC State, Clemson, and Florida State their own episode. So just stay tuned for all of that. We got big things coming as we wrap up December, Eric McLean. Come on, KG. We we do. We, we got a lot of fun stuff here. Uh, sprinting to the finish line, if you will, here in the ACC with 11 Bulls games to break down. The most in all Power 5. I'm going to ride that out until the wheels fall off. Uh, some people on Monday might have something to say about that. You guys will have to mm. stay tuned uh, for that little fun belt action maybe coming down the line here. Uh, but today... We have one of the loudest voices in the ACC. One of my great friends, Roddy Jones, do radio with him all the time. Uh, this dude is an absolute stud, and it was a pleasure to have him on the podcast. Had him very early in the season to, to preview a couple of teams, so we had to have him back on. He's given his thoughts on overall big picture of the ACC, and then we dive into a couple of matchups with Georgia Tech, uh, and who they're playing, and of course with Syracuse as well. So real quick, before we get to them, uh, we got to get into the season, everybody. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Here's a quick message. What's up, guys? Merry Christmas and hope you have an awesome holiday season. We have some really exciting news because of our friends over at Ingles. KG and I really feel great about giving back to the community. We want to do that. We have that urge, and these guys have stepped up huge. So massive shout-out to Ingles. We are partnering with them to feed over 100 families this holiday season, we're going to do a bunch of gift cards, giving it out to the community, to various people, and they have stepped up huge to match us in that effort in the upstate KG of South Carolina. Can you tell our people a little a bit about, about the initiatives and the programs that we're working with? That's right, Mac. Partnering with Ingles, we are so excited to be able to help support Clemson Community Care, the Dream Center, and Clemson's Paw Pantry this holiday season. If you want to find out more about these amazing organizations, we will link their information below. Wherever you're watching this, we'll have some link to this post, so look for it. We would encourage you to also give back to your community this year in whatever way you can. doesn't necessarily have to be to these organizations. It can be you know, $1, $5, whatever it is. That's what we hope you'll get from this. So God bless and happy holidays from Gramlick and MacLean. Roddy Jones, welcome back to the podcast, my man. We, we had to get you at the beginning of the season and now at the end because all good things have to come to an end. So appreciate you, brother. How you doing? Thank you for joining us. I am phenomenal. It is always great to be with you guys. Uh, if you're watching, uh, you can see that I am being festive right. with my That's Christmas right. hoodie, um, but it's uh, it's always a pleasure, guys. Yeah, well, we yes, appreciate happy you. Happy holidays, Roddy. That's right. Happy you're holidays. bringing, you're bringing the, the Christmas spirit. We love that. Um, and also peel back the curtain a little bit for us. Cause I was texting you yesterday and I think you were in South Dakota at the time, or maybe yep. in Omaha, one of the, two. Yep. you were somewhere, yep. not Atlanta. I've been a lot of places over the last like five days. Uh, <laughs> so I was in South Dakota, Iowa, Nebraska, Detroit, and Bristol. Detroit was for like 30 minutes. So that doesn't even really count, but the others were like at least a night, you know, it was a night That's in true. all those places. Ooh. So um, oh, now that was for, it was for the FCS quarterfinals, which 
uh, was phenomenal. Like games with stakes, you want to be doing it. Like I, I was I got a chance to see North Dakota State absolutely demolish South Dakota. Wasn't a great game, uh, but it was cool. It was cool to go out there. I'd never been to South Dakota before, so it was a lot of fun. Yeah, no, no doubt. Well, busy man. That's the key too when you do something like that, where you get to check those states off your bucket list yeah, that you're, you exactly. know, you're trying to complete. It's you're not, good why you bring else would that you up. go to South Dakota? But That's yeah. great you bring it up. Roddy yeah. has rules on what he oh, yeah. can count as going to a state. Mm. So if you want to fill KG in or just tell us if you accomplish those in the states you just mentioned. Uh, the answer is yes. So you either have to uh, sleep, mm-hmm. shower, or shh <laughs> in the state <laughs> in order for it to count. Or and I've now added call a game because uh, if you call a game in a state like that counts as well. So if you do one of the three S's, then that counts. You can check it off the box, but you can't like. There's also like caveats. You can't just like drive over to a rest stop, you know, do the third thing and then drive out. Like that doesn't count. It's got to be authentic time and also activity. Like you have to have time and an activity in a state to check it off. So he has rules. He has rules, KG. And he's very definitive. I'm glad you remember that, Emac. Of course. (laughs) course. Well, you know know what's funny is when you were saying that, I was thinking, who told me about these rules? I was like, oh, it's Roddy. Roddy's (laughs) the one that told me. (laughs) This is perfect. This is perfect. Um, Anyway, man, like I said, we we had you at the beginning of the season, um, and we were talking about a couple of different things, and we were excited about this year. I, I think we both were pretty optimistic about the season that the ACC could have. Uh, and, and I think overall it, it delivered pretty well. I mean, we, we missed on the Tigers, which hurts my heart. Uh, but other than that, we, we, we hit some gold with some of these teams, man. I'd love just, you know, whatever, quickly, your, your overarching thought on the ACC's 2023 season. Yeah, man. I think, um, I think you can look at it a bunch of different ways. Like, I, I wanted to see Florida State take that step, and they did. Now, they weren't rewarded at the end, which I'm sure we will get into, but but they took that step. And I, and that, that, to me, was going to be as hard a step as anything because they were going to have to win close games. They were going to get everybody's best shot. So I think Florida State has a lot to be proud of. Um, Clemson was a funny one to me because like Clemson was probably a 10-win team that tried really hard to be 6-6 six and six for most of the season. Then they figured out, like, oh, if we don't turn the ball over, like, we can be a 10-win type team, you know, a top 15, top 10 team. And so at the end of the year, I think the South Carolina game is probably a perfect encapsulation of just like, hey, let's not shoot ourselves in the foot and everything else will be good enough to win the game. Um, so, so I think those two teams at the top, you had one that sort of lived up to expectations and then obviously Clemson didn't. And then the rest of the league, man, it was, it was a lot of up and down, like, uh, Louisville big up now they didn't finish the season great but but really impressed what Louisville did I was slow to buy Louisville there were a lot of people mm-hmm. that that were that were quick to buy him I didn't know how that team was going to come together not that I doubted it just didn't know and they were able to 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 do enough things early to win uh, they created a lot of explosive plays and they figured out later on like hey if, if we just play sound football and play at home on turf then until Kentucky then, then we should be okay. Um, and, and, and so I think in Jeff Brom's first year, it was great. And then you look at some of the disappointments. Like, you know, I, I think you look at a, a North Carolina as sort of a disappointment. Um, and it, NC State was like quietly phenomenal at mm-hmm. the end of the season. That's probably the most underrated team maybe in the country right now. Right. right. Um, so so I, think, I think Dave Doran's done an amazing job. Overall, it's probably not the year we expected. You know, Miami's probably on schedule. Virginia Tech having uh, making a bowl game. I think they're on schedule. Boston College getting back to a bowl, even though they finished uh, with a whimper. It was impressive. 
Um, so, so it's not exactly the season that we imagined, uh, I would say, but I think all in all, it was a solid season, especially with the non-conference performance. Well, it never is because that's college football and whatever you think is going to happen and plan that's going to happen probably is not going to happen. And Roddy, I remember, I think we had you on to preview the techs, to preview Virginia Tech and Georgia Tech. And you were higher on both those teams than most, and I believe had both in a bowl game. And of course, here we are, we're going to talk about Georgia Tech and Syracuse today. Before we do that, before we get into the, the Yellow Jackets first, I do want to ask you about Florida State. And I know... If you aren't listening to SiriusXM Channel 371, what are you doing, right? I know you've been waxing poetic on that, on this topic with Emac and other people. But what? not only what does it mean for Florida State, but what do you think it means for the ACC that the Knowles were unfairly, in my opinion, left out of the playoff? Yeah, I think the second question is a really good one um, because I've sort of arrived at a place where you start to look back and say, all right, well, is there anything that that was sort of an indication that this could happen? An undefeated Power Five conference champion under any circumstances? And the answer is like kind of yes, because you know I was a part of the crew that was like, no, UCF shouldn't get in the playoffs. Cincinnati shouldn't get in the playoff in 2020. Uh, Cincinnati shouldn't get in the playoff in 2021. Like that's where I stood. I thought four best teams. Like that's what you want. Group of five, not good enough. So so it's it's got to be a Power Five conference champion for it to be automatic. Um. And then you fast forward and you realize that once that line is drawn of like, this is good enough, this isn't, it's really easy for that line to be slid. And a power five conference champion without its quarterback now falls on the wrong side of the line. But for how many conferences? Like if Jalen Milrow doesn't play against Georgia and they beat Georgia in a sloppy, low scoring game, Alabama's still getting in. Like I have no doubts about that. Same with Michael Penix and Washington. Same with you know, Quinn Ewers in Texas, same with uh, J.J. McCarthy in Michigan. Like, I, I am pretty certain that all of those get in. Texas may be the one that that you could argue might not, but but they played games with Malik Murphy earlier in this year, and they won. So, so, like, that was sort of disheartening to me about the whole thing of, like, man, maybe we should have pushed harder for Cincinnati and UCF and just said, hey, look, 13-0 is 13-0. It deserves to be in. Hmm. The second part of it that's really frustrating and what it means for Florida State um, is that like it's Florida State for much of the year did not look like a top four team. I, I had said that during the year and, and I will agree with people who say like if you lined up all the teams and you ordered them by how good you think they are, I don't think Florida State's in the top four. But 13 and0 should trump everything. like mm. undefeated should be rewarded. And if we're not in a in a college football environment where that's going to be rewarded, then what are we doing? Like, we got rid of the BCS for that reason. We got rid of the BCS. Like, the starts of that was when you had Oklahoma and USC get in the national championship game, and Auburn's also thirteen and zero, and they don't have a spot. Like, no, we need to settle this on the field. So, so this the talk started then. Thought we were going to avoid that. It didn't happen. So it's disheartening. You know, I, I can rail on the committee all day long hmm. um, and, and the inconsistencies that they had up and down the rankings that they did. Uh, but ultimately, we arrived at a place where the committee was out of sync with the way the rest of college football thought. And it, it, the most interesting line to me out of Boo Corrigan in his explanation was when Reese asked him, what did the coaches in the room say? And Boo's response was, well, essentially, I'm paraphrasing here, but 
the coaches in the room said that they would rather play Florida State. They would not want to play Alabama because they think mm-hmm. Alabama's the better team. That is completely, if that was the stance that they took to get Alabama in, it's completely out of lockstep and completely against what every coach who's active in the country that I've talked to, FBS, I just did FCS game and I had on, uh, I had on an ACC pullover and they asked me about Florida State. Like all the coaches that I have spoken with are like, yeah, no, 13 and 0, you're in, like, especially in that conference, you're in. Um, so I think, I think we need to look at the construction of the committee. I've not been a fan of it from the beginning. I don't think right. they can watch enough games being athletic directors. And, and I think you need people in the sport. Right. I, I totally agree with that. Well I mean, said, it's, it's, it's hard to ask that of somebody. Right. And it's hard Dude, when it's, you're on there it's for, tough for us to watch all the games. Right. Yeah. Like, right. And, 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 and we're it's our professionals job. and we're, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, I agree, man. I mean, just looking at all that, it, it's, it's frustrating, um, to say the least, cause you just don't feel like the product is justified. And, and it's a little bit of a black spot on something that we think is so pure, you know, being college football. Uh, the, the good thing for all those people is they'll never have it brought up. It'll never be put to anything because the, the playoff changes and it goes to 12 teams and it's a precedent yeah. that will never be challenged or readdressed. So anyway, I'm with all of that, but here's the deal. It happened and we got to move on. It's really crazy how that, you know, just, it's like a last second shot in basketball. That's what I equate it to. Yeah. And it's over. It's just, boom, right. there it is. And yeah. you just have to you walk away it. from it and accept it. And you're like, That's wait, right. what just happened? Yeah. Right. It's like, it's a last second shot that they got because of a bad call. Right. We're yeah. like, oh, yeah. like, yeah. boom, it's over. And you're like, wait, we can't even argue about this because everybody's gone. <laughs> right. <laughs> the refs sprinting off the exactly. court. Right. Exactly. They're out of there. Exactly. They're out of there. Anyway, so we, we're breaking down all these bowl games. 11 in the ACC, the most in power five by our conference. Uh, and the two that we want to focus in today, one of them, uh, including your Yellow Jackets, as they face UCF in the Union Home Mortgage Gasparilla Bowl. Uh, yeah. These bowl names only get more ridiculous, which, you know, you, you love and care and whatever. Uh, four and a half point underdog, as we talk today on December 11th. little intrigued by that, Roddy, but just kind of your, your opening thoughts on this game and, and what you want to see from Georgia Tech. Yeah, well, first and foremost, like shout out to Brent Key for the job that he did this year. Georgia Tech was a weird team because it's a team that you could argue should have won eight games. It's a team you could very well argue should not be in a bowl game if Miami takes a knee. So so there, there's kind of both of those dynamics going on with the Jackets. Um, but but I think the job that they did, particularly offensively, uh, with, with getting Haynes King comfortable, finding things he could work with, working past an offensive line that was banged up for much of the season – and at its best was like slightly below average, like perfectly serviceable offensive line. Not great, not terrible, serviceable. I think it was tremendous. Buster Faulkner and deserved a lot of credit. And so far, as we record this, Georgia Tech has kept him because I've heard his name way too much for other jobs <laughs> for me to feel comfortable about it. But in this bowl game, I think the thing that you want to see I would love to see the defense take a step. USF's got a very excuse me, UCF has a very good offense. Um, the the quarterback, John Rice Plumley, is a mobile quarterback. It's a team that's better than its record, like probably should have won a few more games in the Big 12 this season. Fell on some hard luck, lost some close games. Uh, but over And, and so th- that's, that's probably the reason that they're as big an underdog as they are. But I think it's going to be a highly entertaining game. I think it's got a shot to be a shootout. Um, and, and, you know, as much as anything, you're looking at the transfer portal to make sure guys don't leave. Uh, Eric Singleton Jr. looks mm. like he's been locked up. They re-upped him for another year, which thank is super you, thank exciting. you, Roddy, for your contribution. We appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, <laughs> you know, I opened up them pocketbooks. Opened up the pocketbooks. 
<laughs> oh, I gave him some lint. I sent it in the mail. Um, but 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 that's that's kind of what you want to see, man. Like I want to see the defense take a little step, um, and, and then and then offensively, and then continue to do what they do. But but a respectable showing. You'd love to win it. Be over five hundred for the first time. God, I can't remember. Maybe 2018, 2017, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was the last time they were over 500, so it'd be great. It would be, I think, really big for Georgia Tech. I think making a bowl game is huge. We we all know that. Especially after the Bowling Green loss, I was like, guys, Ugh. come on. I mean, you you had a chance, and of course, they find a way to get it done. And I still, you know, you overcome that loss. You, that's Those are the kind of things that have to happen when you're rebuilding a program, I guess. But I think they're definitely heading in the right direction. Roddy, what do you want to see? We talk about, look, we know the defense has had its issues and oh, yeah. slowing down Plumlee, who's played college football for a decade, and R.J. Harvey, their running back, that's going to be a tall task. But I want to focus on the positive. This Georgia Tech offense with Haynes King, if you have a quarterback, things change for you. The world opens up for you. And that's what we've seen with Georgia Tech, with how explosive they've been offensively. What can you, what else do you want to see from Haynes King this in this bowl game and then maybe heading into next year that could really take him to the next level. I think the, the main thing that you want to see in the bowl game and going forward, obviously taking care of the football and Georgia tech's losses. He did turn the ball over some, uh, particularly late in the year. He had a big interception game in one of the later games. I can't remember which one it was. Um, but, but, but overall, I think that, that his, his ability to move, it has been huge for them this year, yeah. both yeah. scrambling to throw and scrambling to run. I think when he scrambles to his left, he's much less effective throwing the ball down the field than he is scrambling to his right. Uh, but overall, you just want to see continue to see him have command of the offense. You know, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what Haynes King's ceiling is. I think he could continue to get better. I think he can he can take another step. There were some accuracy things at times, particularly outside the numbers. But but overall, I think it's little stuff. You know, it's it's uh, it's it's you know footwork. It's knowing your reads. It's uh, ball placement when giving your guys a shot. That's something that I think at times he struggled with this year because you know part of what makes Drake May great is that when he throws a jump ball down the field, generally it's on the outside or on the back shoulder right. somewhere where his receiver can go up and get it. it. Doesn't die inside on him. It doesn't float outside and go out of bounds. And I think a lot of quarterbacks, Haynes King's not not the only one, but I think a lot of quarterbacks can struggle with that. So um, overall, though, like I think his their ability to get him on the perimeter, their ability to move him around and use misdirection in the backfield, their ability to get Jamal Haynes involved has been tremendous. And um, and so like if Georgia Tech can turn this into a shootout, because I don't know that they're going to be able to stop UCF consistently. Right. Especially the way they run the ball, but if Georgia Tech can turn it into a shootout, then I think it I think it could be a really, really entertaining bowl game. Yeah, no, I'm right there with you, man. I think the over under is like 64, 65. Is it really? So Let's go. It's up there. It's a, it's a, they're expecting Vegas is expecting it to be a lot of points and a lot of fun points. Um, looking at this last one, and we'll move on to, to Syracuse. You talk about that run defense, and that's been an issue, right? Like a glaring issue, quite frankly. Is there a way in this bowl game? that you sell out for it? Like, are you running bare front? Are you putting extra hats in places that nor- aren't normally there, knowing that your opponent is probably going to want to run the football a lot? Um, is there anything leading into the? Because you got 15 days. I mean, this is the most practice you have leading into a game outside of the opener. Would you, Do you think you'll see drastic changes that way leading into this? 
It's a great question, man, because I, I don't I just don't I don't think Georgia Tech has the personnel right now. Like right. they're not super athletic at linebacker. Kyle Eifert's a good player, but he is six D line. Throw him out there. Let's go. Right. And and maybe they do that. Like have your most athletic linebacker you have, throw out six D linemen and just say, Hey, look, let's do it. <laughs> like, yeah, go full bear. I, I mean, look, why not? Why not jump why into not? it some? No, I think I think in the read game, like like you can get absolutely torched in the read game sure, that sure. way. And 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 like RPO wise, you know, if you're committing a safety to it, maybe you're vulnerable, but but hey, why not? Like make them beat you quick rather than them dying a That's slow right. death. So right. um <laughs> but I, I would I I'll be interested to see how they adjust. And, and I think in the portal in the offseason, linebacker is gonna be a big target. I think edge rusher is gonna be a big target, but I think linebacker would be probably the place that I would identify defensively that they need the most help. Because I actually think their defensive tackles ha- have the ability to be uh, good enough. Mm-hmm. Um, I think on the edge, they need to be a little bit better. And I think at linebacker, they just need to be more athletic because right. when teams start to run stretch, that's when they really get exposed because the defensive line can't really run. The linebackers aren't super athletic. Uh, it's, and, but the safeties are. And, and that's why you made, saw the safeties make 1,000 tackles. Jalen King was phenomenal this year. Roddy, let's get to Syracuse. I, I wish we had forever to talk with you about the jackets because we know your your knowledge there is just immense but the roofclaim.com if you need a new roof boca I, raton I, I bowl might. you might do, do yeah, a lot after of people in boca game, raton need new roofs i would assume after a hurricane maybe maybe yeah, after a lot a hurricane. of rain maybe down there you some know? hail you gotta get it going yeah, yeah. Gotta get some it hail. or maybe yeah. it was the cheapest option you know they're like hey get us a bowl Good game point. yeah we want that <laughs> one that's the one we, we want the boca yeah. raton Good bowl point. Uh, it is a warm bowl. That's good. Another game in Florida. Thursday, December 21st, 8 p.m. on ESPN, Syracuse and South Florida. Syracuse favored three and a half points. Both of these games with totals over 60. This one's at 60 and a half. So that's Nobody fun. likes defense. Nobody wants defense. I know. Forget it. Back-to-back bowl games for Syracuse for the first time since 2012-2013, but without their head coach, which is so interesting. Fran Brown's now the new head coach. These guys trying to impress him, I have to imagine. I have been scouring Twitter Trying to find, you know, Garrett Schrader playing all these things. I'm assuming he is. Why? Why wouldn't yeah. he? And if if Garrett Schrader plays, I feel pretty good about Syracuse here. I I think I do too. Um, <laughs> the the thing he is, looks so good against Wake, Roddy. Yeah. The the thing Who is, <laughs> that's a great point. <laughs> Although, like, if you're if you're trying to find a defense that looks about like Wake's defense, South Florida is probably yeah, a pretty perfect. good one to find. Yeah. Uh, South Florida does not care about playing defense. They just want to turn this thing into a shootout. And that's why it's dangerous because South Florida's like, hey, man, like, let's show up and throw the ball all over the yeah. place. Let's let's make it fun. Um, so th- it's it's kind of the one of the motivation things, too. Like, for all the hype that Colorado had last year or, or this year, going from one win to four wins, and there's people out there who have said it's the greatest job that a coach did this year, going from one win to four wins. Well, South Florida went from one win to six wins. <laughs> and that was a team that was brutal last year. Freshman quarterback this season, they've been phenomenal on offense. In a league that was not as good as it was a year ago, uh, in the middle to bottom, very good at the top, obviously, with SMU, Tulane, mm-hmm. uh, and, and UTSA. But, but South Florida offensively has been, has been really good with Alex Golish, who came over from Tennessee. It's sort of that Tennessee-style, fast-paced, spread, wide splits. Yeah. Um, so, so it's going to stretch Syracuse majorly. Um, and, and then, and then, you know, how fired up is Syracuse to be there? You're playing against a team that went from one win to six wins. They're very excited. Like South yeah. Florida is like, hell yeah, let's go. Um, 
a lot of turnover there at Syracuse. Fran Brown coming in, uh, which I would love to get your thoughts on that, on on the Fran Brown hire and what he's done so far. Yeah. But but overall, I am concerned from a motivation standpoint from Syracuse. Mm. I've been a part of a bowl game with a fired coach. Mm. Interesting. It's like the substitute teacher is telling you what to do when the when your new teacher is standing there looking like mm-hmm, right. it's going to all change. Well, so I, it's that, weird. That's, yeah, that that is actually fascinating because we touched on this a little bit last week um, or early in the week. What was your mind? How old were you? Number one when that happened? Yeah. How how? So I was redshirted. I was uh, I was eighteen. You're a young cat. I was young bull and so, Jane Gailey got fired after yeah, the season and yeah. Paul Johnson was sitting in the box and coming to practice while John Tenuta was telling us what right, to do. Right. And you're like, man, uh, who do I listen but to? But isn't there some at? motivation there, Roddy, to kind of yeah. prove, you know, put something on tape? That that would be my Fresh theory. Fresh start maybe I think so. Yeah, yeah. It, it depends on the leadership of the team, to yeah. be honest with you. We did not have great leadership. So there was not that. Like right. and and we lost. We lost to Fresno State in the humanitarian. Well, I even mean from voices. your from you, like as a young running back, when that happened in those practices that that you know PJ was there, were you like, I'm about to show out, and this dude's gonna know my number and my name? Yes, I was because I was on scout team all year. Like it was before, obviously, you could play four games. Right. So so yeah, like I wanted to prove to the new coaching staff mm-hmm. that I was a guy that they needed to know. Um, so yes, that's a great point by you guys. Um, but again, it kind of depends and the portal wasn't around. We all knew we were kind of stuck. That's true. That's so, so there was that as well, but yeah, I just don't know. Like I played so long ago back in my day, (laughs) back in my day. Uh, it is fascinating. It is fascinating. Um, and yeah, you, you mentioned, you know, bringing in coach Brown and the, I mean, I'm excited. I I didn't think I would be, uh, you know, I didn't know where they were going to go or or who they were going to go after, but after hearing his press conference, um, mm. the excitement, the appreciation, uh, a little bit of genuine love, like for the university that he already quickly has, that gets me excited. I, I think you, you had to have a person that number one could recruit the Northeast, which check majorly, uh, number two, I, I think you're in an in-between spot of a guy that like is going to use you to, to bounce somewhere else versus like an older guy that's on the tail end of something. And I, I feel like they, they, they hit a pretty good mark here with a guy that, what he said, he's sticking around and, and going to be a part of this thing until his daughter's like in middle school. Then he's done, right? With everything, right. Like, which I, is awesome. How many quitting. times have we? How many times have we heard a coach just like, "Yo, there's a time limit on this <laughs> yeah. thing," but yeah, I want to be here until the timer goes off. Right now, it starts right <laughs> now. If, if you exactly. want it, you got it. Um, and then the the instant success of you know having a guy like KJ Bolden, the five star safety. When the heck has Syracuse ever had a five-star on campus? I mean, that that is instant impact that you're seeing. So I love it. I, I think it was a grand slam, Roddy. Yeah. Um, I, I was skeptical because I, you know, I live in Atlanta. I reached sure. out to people who are around the Georgia program, three of them. And one of them said he had to Google Fran Brown. And then two of them were like, hey, saw him, but like saw him around. Nice guy. Don't know a lot about him. So I was a little skeptical um, mm-hmm. because I, you know, I couldn't get any background from sure. the people who are around that program. Um, but overall, I think that 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 from an authenticity standpoint, you are getting someone who is real. You're obviously getting a very good recruiter. Yeah. It's easy to be a great recruiter at Georgia, but he's recruited well other places too. Right. Um, which is which is I think the most important thing. Um, mm-hmm. And then it it feels like he's putting together a staff that is hungry, like Elijah Robinson coming yes. over from Texas A&M to be the yes. defensive coordinator. 
you know, can Elijah Robinson coordinate a defense? I'm not sure. But Elijah Robinson had a, a good enough reputation at Texas A&M to be named the interim head coach after mm-hmm. Jimbo got fired. That's pretty darn good. Yeah. Like, that, that means he's got the respect of the AD. It means he's got the respect of the team and of the other coaches. So, you know, I am excited about what's going on there. Mm-hmm. I have questions long-term about the ceiling of Syracuse. What do sure. they expect? What can he do? Right. Um, but it certainly gives you an excitement and a hope that they really haven't had since like 2019. Right. Yeah. So. Since it's so interesting to think about, we could keep going on Syracuse, but the rise of Syracuse under Dino Babers and then kind of the fall, but not really a fall because they're in back-to-back bowl games for the first time since 2013. So it's kind of weird, right? He's not inheriting a Georgia tech situation where it's a complete rebuild from the ground up. Or is he because with the portal, you can just leave so quickly too. It's 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 fascinating because Syracuse fans like wanted Dino to make bowl games, mm-hmm. and he finally started to do it, but he wasn't doing it the right way. Like he was yeah. doing it by going six and zero, and then one right. and five. Exactly. He was doing it by you know I can't remember what they started this year like five and you know four and one or something like that. Yeah. But hot starts and then tailoring off and like limping into a bowl game. Yeah. So. Hey, we want you to make a bowl game, but we want you to do it the right way. <laughs> yeah, like, do it. We want it to look better. Enjoy. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I, I think the most important part of what you said is Syracuse has to define what is success here. Yeah. Because as Dan Valari said, making a bowl game ain't it. It's championships. Is it? Let's all be real. Is it? Especially without divisions, right? Like, and they were in the Atlantic anyway. But yeah. like, if you were going to shuffle the divisions, maybe they end up in a place where you know they're not with Clemson and Florida State. Right. Divisionally, I, I think, you know, as, as exciting as it is for the league, it puts a hard ceiling, in my opinion, on like your Syracuse, mm-hmm. your Boston College, and the rest colleges. of the coastal, <laughs> the coastal, <Yeah. laughs> the entire coastal. <laughs> Georgia Tech would have won the coastal this year, right? I mean, we got rid yes, of right. We talked early. about that. They would have been <laughs> playing Florida State. What are we doing? <laughs> um, but but like, think about it. Like, I mean. You're, you're going to have to hope that that Miami doesn't get it figured out. Florida State and Clemson aren't very good. Louisville doesn't keep it rolling. Um, those are the State. four that are ahead right yeah. now. NC State, Virginia Tech, like two teams that are certainly capable of getting it rolling. If Carolina ever figures out how to play defense consistently, like well, good luck there. And then you get into like the, the Georgia Techs right. and um, the, you know, if Tony Elliott continues to ascend at Virginia that's had a ceiling that's higher than some of these other schools in the past. Right. Uh, oh, and by the way, SMU is the walk-on yeah. that's paying their own way. Ooh, that they're good. All, they ready. All the transfers. They ready. Like, <laughs> they need depth, but they got the top-end skill, yeah. and they got a quarterback. They might have two. So, yeah, it's, it's tough. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Well, Roddy, this was fun. Thank you for joining us. It was too short. We had too much jam-packed in here, uh, but we appreciate you joining us. We got to get you back on. Because uh, there's going to be a lot more episodes coming down the block of just where we think this thing is going. Uh, so I appreciate you so much, my friend. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate you guys. You guys are the best. Thanks again to Roddy Jones for joining us, bringing the Christmas spirit with his sweater. Really loved that. I actually went and picked out an ugly Christmas sweater the other day, Mac. I have a social gathering to attend this weekend. That is an ugly Christmas sweater theme. And I'm very excited about this sweater. You might be seeing it on the Come social on. media, perhaps. So just on. stay tuned, get ready. But Roddy's the best. Georgia Tech, big bowl game for them. Syracuse, lots going on up at Syracuse. We talked about that and just kind of all the new, all the changes. But it is always a pleasure to talk with Roddy, or should I say Roderick? 
Wisdom ah. found that is his full name. <laughs> That's right. Uh, it is. It is. And I'm ashamed that we didn't get that in, in the interview, which oh. is bad on us. Uh, but anyway, it, it was fun. It's always great talking with Roddy. Great insight. Uh, and, and I love just his perspective, you know, on what's going on yeah. at Georgia Tech, obviously. And, you know, kind of hearing him doing some research on on what's to come with Syracuse and, and cannot wait to see Coach Brown and, and the things that he's going to be able to do there. I think a lot of excitement, you know, right now, which is warranted when you have the recruits that are coming on campus. Now you got to get them. You got to lock them down, get in that mm-hmm. transfer portal. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see. We are just getting started, people. Two down, nine to go. That was good, quick math. I was a little nervous as I was saying it, but we got a bunch of fun games coming down the pipeline. Uh, Monday is going to be a fun episode. You're going to see something you have never seen on this show before. That's all I'm telling you. I already gave you a little hint in the beginning of the show. Now you got to figure it out, but it's coming. It's going to be a lot of fun, and uh, that's it from us. So we appreciate you guys. Need your help continuing to support us and join this journey over on YouTube. Jump in here. You got to see these great things. You have to see Roddy's beautiful, ugly sweater. It wasn't ugly. It was a beautiful sweater. I don't know why he got that for an ugly sweater party. Uh, I will wear my ugly Christmas sweater soon. Yes. On an upcoming episode. You just have to tune in to see which one. That's right. So come for that. Uh, Jump in the comments. Always fun to see those as well. Uh, And, of course, the OGs over on Apple Podcasts. We appreciate you guys going over there and jumping in. Rate, review, subscribe. Uh, But that's it from us. So until next time, we'll see you all. Thank you.